Do you think that maybe the reason you're having trouble picturing yourself as a mom is because you lost yours when you were so young? Maybe. I mean, I only have memories of my mom when she was sick. I don't remember anything before that. kid or did my hair or read me bedtime stories and sang to me did she kiss me on the forehead when she tucked me in at night hey whatever kind of mother she was she was amazing because so are you Welcome to The Bold Talk, the bold type podcast with a release schedule as reliable as birth control. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez. And I'm Sam Saff. This week we are discussing Season 2, Episode 8, Plan B. This is the one where Jane evaluates if motherhood is in her future because of her BRCA gene mutation. And Kat is eager to flaunt her social media influence by partying with a beauty brand. Meanwhile, Sutton makes her first major fashion department decision without Oliver. This episode was written by Becky Hartman Edwards and was directed by Marta Cunningham. First off, I want to talk about how brilliant this episode's title is. Because normally I don't really think much of the episode titles. Like, wasn't one of the episode titles LMG? Yes. For example, and the other one, and last week's episode was named Betsy, which, oh, it's named something's gone. Oh, that's so clever. But this one, Plan B, I felt like it was very relevant just because each character had, like, some sort of storyline going on, and then they had to say, oh, you know what? Like, let's go to Plan B. So, I don't know. It's so simple, but I thought it was kind of clever. That's cute. Even though this episode really doesn't have much going on with it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little plain. Yeah, I like the stuff that happens in it, don't get me wrong, though, but I feel like there's not a lot of meat to it. This may be a short episode, but you know what? We're going to dive right in. (laughs) All right, let's go for it. So Sutton, shall we? Yeah, why not? All right, let me just say, this episode, Sutton's whole story in the episode is really based around her kind of taking over for Oliver while he's in Paris prepping for Fashion Week. So... The first scene we see with Sutton at work is her in the budget meeting with all of the department heads, um, she representing the fashion department, and Jacqueline says, we need to cut from all of the departments. So she goes down the line asking, saying, can we cut 10% here, 20% here, blah, 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 gets to Sutton and says, yeah, we can cut 10% from the fashion department, right? And Sutton's like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to just nod and smile and uh get through this meeting but she ends up kind of getting pressure put on her to say yes that she can make these cuts happen and spends the entire episode figuring out how to make that happen <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you i've been in that situation before though where like your authority figure is like gone and you know you're just stuck with making like these really important decisions and you're like eh, i don't know what to do so honestly like What's that went through was kind of relatable. I don't think I ever solved the situation with as much gusto as Sutton did, but... <laughs> but who really does, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Like, no, I did not have to, like, you know, get, like, uh, build a whole set with a flea market budget or anything like that. But, you know, it was so cool. Well, I mean, I, I certainly understand as well what Sutton was going through. And no matter how much your boss can prepare you for them leaving, it always seems like something comes up that isn't related <laughs> to what you've discussed. Like, yeah. yeah, just go to the budget meeting and smile and nod. But don't say we can cut anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just wasn't mentioned. <laughs> exactly. Although I thought it was interesting that, like, um, Jacqueline even told Sutton, like, oh, Oliver always asks for the moon, so you just have to find a way to deliver it to him. And I, I just thought that was really cool, because obviously it seems like, um, it seems like Oliver asks for a lot, normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I feel like Jacqueline's, like, aware of that, which, I mean, we'll get to, like, how the, how the storyline ends later on or honestly is there really even even any meat to it (laughs) i was gonna say can we not just tell the ending of it like i i just i feel like we're almost misleading people like yeah there's so much more to say there's so much but like really i mean such a big arc here i'm just like yeah i i feel like they just put sutton's story in this week just because they needed to give her something to do (laughs) i like don't i i do feel as though she developed a little bit you know of course it's just more of her learning how to like navigate her career but i mean we've already proven that sutton knows how to problem solve and she works really well under pressure and all those great things but like okay now what (laughs) right (laughs) so we're gonna find out about sutton i mean like you know i know she's she's over richard allegedly and we haven't seen much of him but what the hell else is happening in her life (laughs) I feel like this, you know, Sun storyline was just going along with the whole Plan B theme of it. It just Be- seems lazy, though. You're right. <sighs> like that makes perfect sense, but it's just, yeah, it just doesn't seem fleshed out enough for me to really care. Like, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, we can we can honestly say, like, okay, like, yeah, they didn't flesh it out and whatnot. But I feel like uh, the other storylines, like with Cat and Jane, for example, are pretty fleshed out. So, like, Sutton's sort of, like, in the background for this episode, whereas last week she was very much in the forefront, where Kat was in the background. So now it's like they sort of, like, Jane seems to always be in the forefront, because Katie Stevens is the star of the show. She's, like, the headliner for every, I want to say every episode. Yeah, every episode. I mean, it's fine. I just feel like Sutton has more to her than just, like, random problems at work. (laughs) Right. And, I mean, even last week, that's all that really was, no matter how you spin that. I know that she needed to, like, move on from some bad decisions she was making, but realistically, she's just had another problem at work. Bad decisions? Well, like, hanging out with what's-her-name. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, that was sort of like, oh, yeah, it was last week. And, like, week. being hung up on Richard. I'm just, like, thinking of the last couple of weeks. I'm just like, <laughs> these are just, like, things that just aren't, I don't know. There's just so much, Sutton is just so great. Like, give her more. <laughs> I know. Just give Sutton her own show at this point. Seriously. Um, but I guess we could just sort of do like a rapid fire of like what happened. So Sutton has to slash the budget for the for the fashion department, and in which case that ends up, you know, they end up losing money for the photo shoot, which means they can't afford the location. So Sutton ends up doing some improvising and she essentially recreates that entire photo shoot location with flea market items very well, I might add. They do it all night, which I gotta say, like, the fact that they were up all night putting that together, they should be more tired. Or or at least look it. 
<laughs> yeah, like, exactly. like, I mean, at least make their makeup a little smeared or like something. <laughs> like, I, I mean, to be fair, though, Grant said, like, you know, sometimes when you have like a bunch of adrenaline, you're doing a lot. Like, you sometimes forget that you're tired, which this could have happened here, but. But a full 24 hours, like, if you're really up that long, I don't know. I can't stay up that long. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they took, like, a few naps. They yeah, took turns. for the record, like, if I were in their friend group, I would be the one on the side with, like, unkempt hair and smeared makeup, and I'd be like, okay, guys, where's You never have unkempt pillow? hair. What are you talking no, about? I'm saying if I had to stay up that long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying all the time I look like that. <laughs> I'm saying, like, if I had to stay up as long as they did, I would not be looking that cute i would be like really grumpy i would just not want to be around anybody so that, that was a little fortunate that that entire group of friends just is fine being sleep deprived you and i are both not good with no sleep <laughs> <laughs> not at all though. i am a night owl though i will say i would be able to like stay up late but yeah and i'm a morning person so that's why you and i never fought over the tv when true. we lived together so true <laughs> That really did work out. We we always had the living room when we wanted it. Exactly, because I would always stay up late at night and watch my shows on DVR. You would get up early, which I still think is fucking weird, but like... <laughs> I like to start my day relaxed, you know? <laughs> just, like, just get up, start my day, watch a little TV, no pressure. I start my day by waking up and then doing what I need to do. Well, now, as an adult, I get up and I just clean for <laughs> like 30 minutes, and then I do whatever else I was going to do, so... Oh, God. That's worse. <laughs> I mean, at least you're productive. You're getting everything out of the way. Me, I'm just like, I need to I need to sleep. But I will stay up late and get a ton of shit done. That's true. But either way, luckily Sutton has Kat and Jane to help her <laughs> exactly. get all of those things at the flea market and set up that whole set related based on a dive bar that she just walks into and takes a bunch of random pictures. <laughs> and she can just recreate it exactly. So yeah, she was able to find every piece that she needed <laughs> in that flea market. I almost wonder if it was the same set for each one with just like slight adjustments. I, I'm pretty was. sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> but the next morning, we have a delightful scene with Andrew. Andrew, get more screen time. <laughs> Where he just walks in and just says, not even bothering getting trust at home anymore. And then he says... I won't say a word. You're not the only one who had to borrow an Eliza J. Maxi dress in a time of need. <laughs> and then he just sort of like spaces out for a second. They look at him like, what? Um, okay. <laughs> I, I want to know more, Andrew, please. <laughs> I would love if they just like came out with a little like, I don't know, like a blog or something that just had like the continuations of all the stories Andrew starts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should do that like fan fiction, like finish him out Ooh. for him. Ooh, and then you should put them here. You should talk about them here. Okay, yeah. we're, we're okay. We're giving our listeners like a little bit too much to expect from us at this point. <laughs> okay, I'm getting, I'm getting bold. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, that was so clever. You. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, but yes, he's very funny. <laughs> yes. So Oliver sent Sutton a text saying, "Shoot, looks great," and then he sent a follow-up text. But now they're going to expect me to do more for less. Which, that little thread isn't really, like, ex expanded upon, because next thing we know, Oliver said in Sutton, a to-do list. The first one was, scrub the juicer. I know you used it. Two, pick up travel memos. Three, scrub the juicer. I know you didn't watch it well enough the first time. It's like, okay, so is everything cool, Oliver? Like, <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like that was like a little bit of toxic behavior to just like, you know, essentially berate Sutton. It doesn't seem like Sutton, you know, it seemed like Sutton was okay with it. Like, she didn't seem to like really take it to heart, but. I mean, what Oliver's saying is valid because like, that is something that would happen. Like, oh, well, if you made it work last week, like, why can't you make it work this month or, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah, leaving it just like hanging like that does seem like he just sends her a lot of negative things randomly <laughs> right seems like, it seems more like a pattern like she's yeah okay so i don't know I, I think like oliver comes from a good place i don't think he's supposed to be a villain but like i don't know i just feel like you know his behavior right here is just kind of weird and off-putting you know i also think that the writers like don't necessarily do the best job at conveying text messaging i i don't know like i'm not saying that those messages wouldn't ever be sent from somebody like oliver or whatever but it just kind of seems like sometimes they're a little like cookie cutter texts like they're just like oh okay i'm happy and now i'm angry like they're just trying to get across the right emotion and they're not actually thinking (laughs) of the content I text like that all the time. Well, but I feel like his response would have made more sense if he had just been like, oh, I'm a little worried now that they might expect us to do this every week. Dot, dot, dot. Ow. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the language could have been conveyed in a different tone. <laughs> so you would have preferred if Oliver was um, passive aggressive? <laughs> no, I feel like that would have been like, I'm discussing it with you. Like, oh, I'm a little concerned. Like, mm, I don't gotcha. know. But I think they were just really trying to wrap up the storyline quickly, though. Because next time we know, um, I guess this is after Sutton scrubbed the juicer the first time, she goes to pick up the travel memos, and she finds out that she's going to Paris for Fashion Week. Woo-woo! Yeah! Go Sutton! (laughs) So obviously Oliver was impressed with her enough to have that happen, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and just never mention it. I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, oh my god, I don't have a passport. Like, (laughs) what do I do? Would Sutton have a passport? I guess they're just gonna dance around that issue. I think that is expanded upon in the next episode, I think. Okay, well, but we'll still, see. But still, to just expect that somebody has a passport is weird. I don't have a passport. Do you have a passport? Yes. Okay, well, good for you. Well, I went to Spain. Ah, uh, true. I've never been out of the country. But I'm pretty sure my passport expires this year. Oh, wow. Either this year or next year. Huh. I should look into that. This podcast yeah. is encouraging you to make smart decisions. Friendly reminder for Sam, get your passport renewed. <laughs> to all of our listeners out there, check your passport date expiration. <laughs> see. See what we've got going on. If you have a passport. Yeah, if you even have one. If not, maybe you should get one. I don't know. Maybe if you're bored. If that's something you want to do, go to the post office and get one. And who knows? Maybe you could get sent to Paris for Fashion Week unexpectedly. So you may need that passport on the... <laughs> Yeah, just randomly. Also, (laughs) if you want to get your passport quickly, it does take a long time to get a passport. If you want to get it quickly, you got to pay a lot of extra money. So, like, don't be all assuming, Oliver. Jeez. (laughs) Exactly. I I love that, you know, just a little shout out to, like, that um, that ad little scene where the person from the travel memo office place, whatever it is. Oh, when she's like, I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I'm going to throw up. And she's like, don't throw up. (laughs) She's just so calm. I'm going to throw up. Don't throw up. (laughs) So it's like, I might. I might throw up. (laughs) I just thought it was so adorable. Yeah, but that's really it for Sutton. Okay. Well. There wasn't any big, like, life lesson for her to learn other than do your job creatively like you always do. Yeah. So So there wasn't any big changes other than the fact, like, she's going to Paris, which is the launch of an interesting little storyline, which Mm. we will see. Yeah, I'm excited for that. But anyway, 
So let's move on to Kat. Kat. Yeah. So Clea reaches out to Kat about an opportunity for her to be the face of a brand called Whole Spa, which is a line of skincare products for all skin types. And they essentially want Kat to do a series of Instagram stories. That give three reasons why she loves the product and why she uses it. Yeah. Right? Uh yeah, yeah, she has to say that she uses it and give three we- reasons why. Three reasons why she loves it or something like that. Yeah. yeah, but that was it. They said she could write a, she could talk about anything else though. Yeah, exactly. They said, you know, they, they they pitched it to her very well. For one thing, let me just say, like, it's a white man who was pitching it to her. So the white man is telling her, like, oh, we make these products for all ages and colors. There's no animal tested. It's biodegradable. He said that it's empowering. It doesn't inspire anyone to live up to an artificial standard of beauty. And then Kat's like, oh god this is great i will definitely be a spokesperson sure i'll just sign this contract no lawyer present <laughs> well she was excited which you know who hasn't been there oh no i'm not when i say those things i'm not saying that i personally wouldn't also do that <laughs> i'm just saying that you know hindsight's 2020 and we're talking about things in hindsight so yeah it's right. like no lady you should have had somebody else look at that contract <laughs> and also that contract was like at least five pages long and there's no way you read it all Read every word before you sign things, people. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good lesson. (laughs) But it's not to say I don't love that she was excited to, you know, be someone who can represent, you know, young girls and, you know, just be a good inspiration for people of color in general. So it's fine. I'm just saying, you know, protect yourself. Absolutely. But to bring us to our next point, though, Pinstripe sees Kat carrying all the beauty products from Whole Spa. Wait, and then he- wait, can I just say as an aside that when she's like walking into the office and that guy like doesn't help her open the door <laughs> and she's just, what does she say? She's just like, okay. Thanks. Or she's she like, say thanks? Or- yeah, she's like, thanks. I've I think done she says that. okay, actually. Or she yeah. says like, okay, like all confused. <laughs> I've done that. I- I've done that. There-, there have been like times where I was in the Walmart and like grabbing cat litter that's like i mean anybody who gets cat litter it's like 40 pounds some of those bags are are freaking huge and they're so heavy and <laughs> i'm like trying to load it into my cart but you know you got to lift it over the side of the cart and it's not great and i watched these guys just walk past me while i was doing that i'm like okay thanks <laughs> thanks for that like what the fuck not not to say that as a woman you can't carry your own stuff because I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like no I don't need your help but like but you would say this to anybody but but like you don't need to be a female for me to be like if you need some help like if you're you're struggling there you know what I mean like what you don't need to be a male you mean no either or you don't it doesn't matter what gender you are if anybody's struggling you should just help them yes (laughs) I'm sure I said it backwards so yes like you don't need to be a female it's like what you don't need to be male to help me but you don't need to be female to need help either so okay you can be any whatever just be a nice person (laughs) that's all i'm saying like just open the door like you don't even have to grab the soaps or whatever just open the door but pinstripe was a great gentleman wasn't he shush it's like pinstripe's okay now You know, Pinstripe looks at the beauty products and he's like, oh, what is this stuff? And then Kat explains, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a spokesperson for this, like, really progressive company, yada, 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 etc. And then um, Pinstripe ends up telling her, like, oh, I have a friend who works for Vice. He's doing a deep dive into the company and ends up revealing that the CEO donates to racist anti-LGBTQ groups. And that's when Kat jumps to the conclusion that, like, that's why they wanted a queer black woman as a spokesperson. 
Which, by the way, these hate groups that they mention specifically, I'm not even going to name them because why? Um, they are real groups. I did a little bit of research into them. Um, one of them actually had a section on its website for homosexuality. Like, I think you're, you know, you're obviously thinking about homosexuality more than homosexuals are thinking about homosexuality. Like, why do you have a whole section Wait, on your like website? like a section on what? Why it's bad? Yeah. <laughs> are you serious? Do like, I am serious. Like, how do you have so much free time? Like, why are you worried about it? <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, it's funny, like, you can look, you'll look up this organization on Google, too, and, like, I don't know the proper, like, ver- like words for this, but, like, you know how, like, um, like, like, a website has, like, different sections? Yeah, like, tabs, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah tabs or whatever. Um, that actually shows up on Google. There's a tab for homosexuality. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, because, like, it's, it's disgusting, really, but it's just, like- No, it's, it's terrible, but- But it's, like, comical, because it's just, like, why, why These people are spending that much time spreaded bigotry and hatred why are you that worried about it if, if you're not a part of that group like why do you even care what that group is doing <laughs> like i just i just don't understand like i didn't read into it too much just because i was just like i was just so baffled by that one group specifically like oh homosexuality like entire article about that like okay like i don't even think about homosexuality that much yeah really and i am a queer person i don't think about homosexuality that much <laughs> But anyway. <laughs> but also, like, how convenient that Pinstripe just happens to know the guy who's exposing them, like, just <laughs> conveniently. Anyway. I mean, Pinstripe has a lot of connections. I mean, I know it's a show, so, like, she had to find out somehow. I just gotta say, though, this scene between Kat and Pinstripe, though, I just loved it so much, though, because I-, I love when- I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the podcast before, but I love when two characters who aren't typically seen together have a scene together. I know. Yeah, you've said that. You've said that, like, off the air as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that so much, though, because, like, you know, Pinstripe, like, we really only see him with Jane, you know? So, like, I just love to see him, like, you know, interact with the other characters. And, you know, it's not just him. Like, I love the scenes where, like, there's Cat and Richard are together, or Jane and Richard, or, like, <laughs> you know, really Richard with anybody. Just anybody with Richard. No, even even Jacqueline, even to go back, like, even Jacqueline and Sutton had a scene together, too, and, like, you don't see them interact very often. Yeah, you get that one today, or in the, I said today, <laughs> that one in this episode. Yeah, where um, Jacqueline's getting her eyebrows threaded, and which I mean, that was such a not accurate portrayal of getting her eyebrows threaded. How do you get your eyebrows threaded? I mean, J- Jacqueline's just a superhuman. If she can just have a regular conversation and get her eyebrows threaded, I like Does it hurt? you're supposed I- to. Yeah, it's not that pleasant. <laughs> I've never done it before. Like I've I had my eyebrows waxed before. So to me, I think of waxing as like one quick pain, and then it's all done. But like okay. threading is like a series of pulls kind of just like you're tweezing your eyebrows but a little more aggressively like you're stress tweezing like jane (laughs) (laughs) but i guess you're doing like multiple you're fucking multiple at once yeah but then you have to like hold your eyebrows well not your eyebrow but like hold the skin around it at least every time i go i always have to for the record sam is doing a demonstration for me right now she's (laughs) like stretching out her eyes just so you know (laughs) but that but that is what they have you do they have you like like pull your skin i don't know i I don't know google it peeps because there's actually it was really funny when i moved to baltimore i was like i'm gonna um decide to try threading so i went on youtube and this girl did a youtube video of the pros and cons like comparing waxing to threading and which one she preferred so threading one out anyway oh really 
Like, yeah. Is it better? Or, like, does it make your eyebrows look better? I personally think that it allows for, um, the same, like, it just allows for probably a little more of a detailed shaping, just because you're, like, kind of plucking individual hairs rather than, like, a line of hair like you do with waxing. But well, um, I-, I have an event coming up. Should I get my eyebrows threaded? Where do you get them threaded? A lot of places do it. Just Google it. Okay. It'll pop up. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably something, like, really simple. And I'm like, how does this work? Yeah. Tell me. I mean, I go to a nail place. <laughs> Who does it? Like the woman there does it. But I also I also get my eyebrows waxed too sometimes. So I guess it's not, you know, I'm not opposed to waxing my eyebrows either, but I, my eyebrows just tend to stay red for like three days. This is a oh, really, really long conversation about this for like three days. <laughs> but if you have sensitive skin like me, I would get your eyebrows threaded rather than waxed. That's that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm done talking about this anyway. <laughs> we we never we never know like where our, <laughs> where our conversations go on these on these episodes. Yeah. So anyway, Jeremy, yeah, go go try it out. Try it out. You won't be disappointed. Okay. Like they're not gonna fuck them up. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good to well, know. I shouldn't say they're not, but more than likely they're not. Because I feel like anytime you get your eyebrows done, there's potential that somebody's gonna fuck them up. Good to know. Anyway, so Kat. <laughs> so the show that the podcast is about heard so kind of to find out that she can't get out of the contract but she decides to be a little bit edgy with it so for the instagram story she says i use whole spa clean wipes in the middle of the day because it's a great pick-me-up my skin feels soft hydrated and most of all clean it's as if all the dirt's been wiped away just like how the ceo of whole spa eric miller is hoping to have a queer black woman featured on her instagram story will just wash away all the bad press he's about to get for donating to hate groups bravo cat go cats yes i was excited to see cat kind of just be like her bold self again not that that really disappeared so to speak but we just haven't seen a lot of examples of her doing that so that was exciting just you know calling people out being her usual like nah i'm not gonna let that shit fly and justice is not okay over here like you go would you say she was being bold Ah, i would (laughs) i would say see i can make puns too yeah yeah you're so punny (laughs) (laughs) anyway but fucking clea she's more worried about the fucking lawsuit yeah, well, she sucks. <laughs> She's a terrible person. And I, and I love how she tried to say, like, um, she even mentions a board member who wears a MAGA hat while golfing. And she says, you know, she tries to say that the other board members aren't exactly woke. Okay. <laughs> Is that a good excuse? Like, I, I don't think so, honestly. And then Jacqueline says, well, then maybe he should be the next spokesperson for whole spa. Yeah. <laughs> And then she just tells Cleo, Cat, nor Scarlet's integrity should be up for sale. Jacqueline just comes to bat for her employees. She's a lovely human. Later on, Cat tells Jacqueline that she jumped the gun and was just so flattered by what um, Whole Spa was telling her. And then Jacqueline does not seem to be blaming her at all. In fact, she actually says, your story is powerful. Well, don't let anyone tell it. You should get behind causes you're proud to get behind. And then later on, Cat ends up doing some research into um, cosmetic companies owned by black women. To see if she can, like, represent different types of brands. Brands that, like, are more in line with her way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with you here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a great thing. <laughs> yes. And it was lovely. Um, And and no Adina in this episode. Yeah. She's sort of, like, being pushed to the side. I'm, I'm watching the season, like, an entirely new lens now. <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, like, she's not even mentioned. They don't even say where she is, right? Yeah. Like, are they okay? Are her cat okay? I don't know. 
And I mean, I'm at the same time, I'm kind of like happy to say like, oh, you don't need to discuss the significant other because there's a lot more to Kat than just Adina. But at the same time, like Adina is a big character on the show. Like you should probably- She's a regular. You should you explain know? where she is when she's not there. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I'm getting it. Can I just say that I really loved when Sutton called what- um whole spa was doing to cat by calling her the the black bi band-aid <laughs> <laughs> did you say black bi band i thought it was big bi band-aid I'm pretty sure i like black said, bi i i wrote black bi band-aid i'm like is that i like black bi band-aid better to be honest. I, i'm pretty sure that's what she said because first off i love alliteration but um it just, i feel like i always say that on the podcast like did they say that what did they say <laughs> Well, because Kat continues to say throughout the episode, like, I'm a queer black woman. You know, they're using a queer black woman. So I'm pretty sure that mm. Sutton mentions that she's black. Okay. I like that even better now because I, I feel like I definitely heard Big Bye Band-Aid or maybe, you know, maybe I just wasn't paying full attention to it. But Yeah, I don't know. Band-Aid. Maybe. But yeah. I that's, love it. I wrote it down that way. Cool. Well, that's <laughs> what it's going to be. It's canon now, even if it's in <laughs> Well, great. Great. <laughs> it is canon. So should we move on to Jane? Yes. So the episode starts with Jane and Ben, the doctor. I just want to call him Ben the doctor, not Dr. Ben, Ben the doctor. Um, <laughs> canoodling. Oh, they are canoodling quite a bit. That scene is hot. Like, I love, like, you know, these really, like, subtle sex scenes where, like, they're just, like, zooming in on people's backs and whatnot. <laughs> I do like the image of people's backs. <laughs> right? It's just, I don't know. There was just something, it, it was so, like, simple yet it was so sexy they were practicing the face off i think they've had a couple of sex scenes though right like that that were small and they've i've enjoyed them all (laughs) yeah i just i mean i think katie stevens just has great sex scenes in general on the show yeah i i don't i don't know i'm not a big fan of uh what's his name pinstripe so (laughs) all right whatever pinstripe and jane together i should say but anyway (laughs) while they're uh when they're finished having sex um when they're finished when they're finished quote unquote ben (laughs) the doctor says that the condom broke oops so apparently you can get the morning after pill delivered to you in new york which really doesn't surprise me actually yeah what's her postmates i never used postmates before i've used postmates like once but that makes sense postmates will pretty much do whatever but um it's not too surprised i'm not you know i mean it's 2019 now but no and i mean it's cool. Whatever. Any excuse for people to not have to talk to humans that much is great. So they get the pill delivered to the house, and the guy who's delivering it says, the doctor wants me to tell you X, Y, and Z, essentially make sure that you have another birth control option, and basically saying, like, don't do this again. <laughs> is pretty much what the <laughs> advice was, right? It was like, don't try and have this happen again. So then the the delivery driver, again, gives all that advice, whatever. And Ben says... My girlfriend is very responsible. And I'm like, wait a minute, Jane. Why are you not worried about the rest of that sentence? Because fuck Ben the doctor. Wait, what's my, wrong, wait, my what's girlfriend is very responsible. This is a two-way street, motherfucker. You are also supposed to be able to provide birth control. How dare you? I, <laughs> no, I, no, no, that seemed like he was putting the blame completely on Jane. I see what you're saying, but I think he was trying to come to Jane's defense right there, like, because it seemed like the delivery person was trying to blame Jane for what happened, and he was just trying to say, oh no, she was really responsible. 
I don't know. I don't know. That's how I read it. Like, I see what you're saying now, but I don't think it was. And I could see where you were coming from, too, that he was defending her. But it just seemed like like your response should have been, we are usually responsible or we are very responsible. Yeah, but I think he said pointedly, my girlfriend, because the, it seemed like the delivery person was was given the advice directly to Jane. So that's where he was like jumping in and says, I mean, he didn't say it in so many words, but he basically said like, oh, no, don't, you know, it's not my girlfriend's fault. I'm just telling I mean, you my girlfriend's I mean, it's, responsible. It's no one's fault. It's just something that happened. So I just didn't really like that whole wording. Yeah, but I don't know. I felt the, I felt the blame more on the delivery person, not so much on Ben. I do get what you're saying now. Okay, whatever. Does it? <laughs> this is just something. This is something we can agree to disagree on. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just felt as though it was a little bit like, okay, who's responsible for it? I don't know. I just didn't like it. That's all. Ben's weird. Gets on my nerves a little bit. But anyway, he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's our response he's okay but the morning after pill ends up giving her some intense nausea and um she has a visit her doctor who tells her that she may have to have an ophorectomy which means getting her ovaries removed um because of her BRCA1 gene and if Jane wants to have children she has to think about doing it now and now Jane's like you know essentially in this whole crossroads situation so she ends up pitching an article to Scarlett about 20 something moms so she goes to the playground to try and find moms? Yeah. Okay, couple of things. <laughs> I have a few issues here. One, no notes, no recorder. You're just like talking to them and you're just going to remember all the shit that they said. Okay, Jane, like, sure. Sure. Maybe she is a Truman Capote who, like, you know, wrote his, all of his, like, an entire book from, like, memory rather than writing notes down. Okay, Jane Capote. is not Truman Capote, and <laughs> Truman Capote was also irresponsible. But he came from an era of much less technology afforded to him to be able to fucking record your interviews. Anyway. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that her hands are off are, are off camera, so she was, like, They're holding not, her phone. No, I don't, I don't feel that that happened. And... <laughs> Just don't, don't kill my vibe here, Jeremy, okay? Just don't. And then also, who the fuck is the lady who just hands her kid off to Jane to go check on her other kid? Like, I knew you were going to say something about this. Why are you handing your kid, your child off to a stranger, lady? Like, you don't know her. Can you just, like, hold my kid for a second while I go check on my other kid? Because evidently I can't do both at the same time. What? Just what? <laughs> but it was meant to be a dramatic moment where Jane's like, oh, I am holding a child. Will I ever hold a child of my own? <laughs> and also, a couple other things, too, going back, I guess. When Jane talks to her gynecologist, I really like the way that her gynecologist approached the topic about her having kids. And I think it's nice to, like, have a woman doctor be shown in that. But I don't necessarily think that... This should be the first time Jane is being told about this. She was diagnosed with the gene, or she was told that she has, she's carrying that gene four months ago, and nobody has, like, she's not any older than she was four months ago, so, like, why is it coming up now? He should have been giving her these options before. There shouldn't have been just a big shock. I mean, I don't know about, um, about the BRCA1 gene or anything like that, but do you think it has to do with, like, maybe her reaction to the morning after pill? No. I think that's kind of standard for the pill that it could cause nausea like that. Yeah, but well, do you think maybe it's more intense for her because of the, the BRCA1 gene? And maybe that's why, like, this is, like, new information for her? No. I mean, I'm coming at this with, like, no science no. background at no, all. No, I mean, realistically, like, if you are predispositioned to more than likely get cancer, which is essentially what that means, I mean, people who have cancer, women who have cancer, have much more of a difficult time carrying 
you know, like a full term pregnancy. So, I mean, it just makes sense. It's just something that probably should have been discussed with her immediately. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. But I understand it's also a show. Yeah, this is their way of introducing a new plot line, you know? Just like Jane had to hold a kid randomly to say, like, oh, does she like children? <laughs> yeah. And also, this is another side note, and I wrote this. <laughs> this is exactly how I wrote it under Jane. Stop using work to figure out your own life, lol. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I just feel like she's always fucking using her job. Like, like figure your shit out on your own, lady. Like, stop. Like, I, I understand that, like, that makes your writing better when you can connect it back to your real life. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you're pitching things on purpose because you, like, can't deal. Like, the Sutton thing. But I think that's a very, she's in a very privileged position to do something like that. Because, like, I mean, who wouldn't want to do something like that? Like, you know, essentially use, like, your real life situations, you know, in order to figure out, like, your personal shit. I would love to do that. Like, I don't even have time to, like, think about my personal shit. I just Like, when I'm at work. I agree with you, but I just think it's, like, kind of funny. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is funny, though, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the idea is that she's probably writing you know, five or ten articles between each of these articles that are related to her life specifically. Exactly. We only but... see her write one article at a time. Right. But <laughs> I'm I, pretty sure she's writing another. I just thought it was kind of like a funny note that I wrote and I was like, oh my god, I just have to say that out loud. <laughs> just You're just always using your job to figure your life out. Just calm down. Right. <laughs> but back to the woman who handed off her kid to Jane. What the fuck, lady? <laughs> But yeah, she told Jane that like, oh, I get a lot of help because of my mom. And then that's when Jane's like, oh, I don't have a mom who can help me in this situation. Right. And so it's like, you know, she's like thinking a lot about it, you know, because, you know, she's Jane's possibly thinking about the idea of becoming a young mom herself. So she's wondering, like, can she handle it? Does she have the same support system? Which obviously she does. She has Kat and Sutton, who are amazing people. Right. Yeah, but, um, for sure. Which, by the way, seeing them on the merry-go-round, like, spinning around <laughs> was so funny. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I didn't even notice that's on my second watch for this for this podcast. So I was like, this is funny. <laughs> also throughout the episode, Jane's being kind of like weird toward Ben. Because she's like kind of trying to like navigate what's going on with her body and stuff and figuring out like how to express that to Ben because their relationship is really new and that's a big piece of information to tell about yourself. You know, yeah. That you're carrying a gene that could you know, potentially shorten your life or create a lot of health complications down the road. Yeah, it, I mean, it is fair, but at the same time, like, he asked her once, and I don't want to, like, tone police her by any means, but he asked her, like, oh, what do you want to eat? Do you want to eat Chinese, Italian? And she's like, maybe I don't want to choose. Maybe I don't know what I want. Like, all right. Like, <laughs> um, Jane. Jane is the biggest brat on the planet, and I've been saying this. Like, she's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, Jane, I get where you're going through. The, you know, this is like... You know, it's obviously supposed to be a metaphor for, like, oh, I, maybe I don't want to choose. I don't know what I want out of life. But at the same time, that, like, Ben is not a mind reader. No. No, you're putting a lot of pressure on him to just know that something's wrong. Exactly. And I think that's one of, that's, that's one of the most toxic things about, like, some, like, relationships. Like, that, that's romantic or friendship relationships. Like, don't assume that people, like, know what's going on with you. Yeah. I know that I'm guilty of doing that at times, too. I try really hard not to, though. Of that. Yeah, and you're aware of that, which yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, because it is, it's really annoying to be around somebody who 
well, just, like, say what's going on. Exactly. So, Jacqueline wants to see Jane in regard to the article, because it's taking Jane a long time to finish it, because she's Mm -hmm. kind of struggling to figure out the direction she wants to go in, just because, obviously, she's having her own struggles with motherhood as a whole, and Jacqueline kind of, I don't want to say she prods, you know, and tries, but she's, you know, she's concerned. So she tries to reach out to Jane and get her to kind of say what's going on. And Jane ends up telling her that she's carrying the BRCA gene and that she, you know, kind of has to make some big decisions soon regarding whether or not she wants to be a mom and how she wants to go about becoming one. And Jacqueline is just so supportive. Just like, doesn't. Oh, she was wonderful. Yeah, it's almost like she just, you know, she doesn't even really think about the article. And it's just like, no, I'm just, I'm not worried about the article. I'm worried about you. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I thought that was a really nice moment between them. Yeah. She tells her that she's really sorry. And she says, that, like, you can talk to me about anything, which, you know, how many bosses are like that? You know, I know. I'd like to think I am, though. <laughs> you, uh, you were you were my boss at one point. So you are. Oh, but no, it's really nice. It's good to kind of see that relationship with Jacqueline revived since she's been back and just letting them kind of reconnect on that level was was good to see. Yeah, especially after, like, last week's episode. You know, things were a little bit tense. Not tense, I mean, like, you know, at the end of that, Jacqueline was very cool, but this is the first time I think we've seen Jane and Jacqueline, like, together, like, having a great conversation, um, where one was supporting the other. Right. You're right, I I didn't even think about that. I think this is the first time we've seen this in several episodes at this point. Like, have we even seen something like this since season one? Since the Carry the Weight episode, I feel like? Yeah, kind I yeah, I think so. Wow. Alright, I never even realized that, but that's a really great point to bring up. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I think that one of the appeals for me of Jane in general was her relationship with Jacqueline, so I'm happy to see that revived because Jane gets on my freaking nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jacqueline just needs to pull Jane aside one day and just be like, hey, like, come on, you need to, like, get your shit together, <laughs> Which she does do every now and then. <laughs> Well, she definitely, like, puts her in check, but she lets her go for a little longer than I would. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for the moment, Jane is going through quite a bit right now, I think, so I guess we could be be a little bit sympathetic to her. Mm. Unlike last week. Last week, we completely shit on her. Yes. So Jane ends up telling Ben about the situation, and Ben, being the doctor that he is, he tries to give her medical advice, and... You know, he tries to say, like, I know things in ways that other guys don't. But then Shane's like, no, I need you to be a boyfriend, not a doctor. And then he leaves, and then Kat and Sutton come over, and they support their friends. As we heard in the cold open of this episode, like, Kat and Sutton are just amazing. I love when Sutton just tells her, whatever kind of mom she was, referring to Jane's mom, she was amazing, because so are you. And then they all snuggled together, and it was so great. I know, Sutton's such a good friend. She's the best. I mean, Kat was great, too, because Kat was, um, you know, Kat was the one who pitched that question, like, oh, what do you think the well, reason true. why you're- yeah, no, I don't mean to take from Kat, I just thought that line <laughs> specifically was just really sweet. Um, yeah. But yes, I thought the whole moment was really nice between yeah. the three of them. And, and I mean, even earlier when, um, when they're first getting the 
morning after pill and she's facetiming with with sutton on the laptop and then with cat on her phone (laughs) and ben's like ben the doctor's like well can we just deal with this on our own and cat's like no this is like a buy one get one free deal or whatever like buy one get two free free. something like that (laughs) but it was just i thought that was kind of funny but it's true and i feel like this whole entire scene is like sort of full circle though because jane told um jacqueline how um how like oh my friends care but they really don't know what to say and i feel like there's a lot of that going on in the episode in like a very nuanced way like even the scene in the merry-go-round like jane's obviously showing that like hey she's alone in this and cat and Sutton really don't understand but i feel like this scene right here was their way of saying like hey we we do understand we're here for you for whatever you need right and so I just thought that was really cute. Yeah. So Jane asked a lot of questions. She's like, what was my mom like? That she, you know, kissed me on my forehead at night. That she read me bedtime stories, et cetera, et cetera. But then she ends up calling her brother and one little cute tidbit and she finds out that mom used to sing the Fleetwood Mac song, Landslide, which we get a wonderful cover of in this episode. Yes. I do love that song. And it was just, it was just adorable. Yeah, but kind of going back to Ben... I kind of feel like Ben was weird. Like, I know he was coming from, like, a doctor's standpoint of, like, I know the struggles that can come with this and, like, I care about you, so I'm coming from, like, a concerned place. But at the same time, I was kind of like, dude, chill. Yeah. I feel like if this was, if Pinstripe was in the situation, Pinstripe would have been more of, like, the, and I'm not trying to say I'm team Pinstripe over team Ben or anything like that, but, like, I feel like Pinstripe would have been the boyfriend, whereas, like, Ben, I feel like Ben wants to be the boyfriend, but he knows, like, way more about the Brocket gene than Pinstripe would know, or, like, anybody else, like. But even him, like, even him saying that, though, like, saying I know so much more than other guys do or whatever is just also him kind of making her feel worse. I see what you're saying. You know, it's like, well, I know how tough this can be. And it's like, well, just because you know that doesn't mean anything. Like, it's, I still just want somebody to hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. Like, I don't. Yeah. At the same time, though, like, yeah, he's a doctor. He knows all the scientific shit. But does he really know? Like, that, that's something we can unpack, too. And also, are you my doctor? Like, are you my oncologist? Like, no, you're not. So, no. I mean, they they did play a lot of doctor together in this episode, though. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of think Ben is a little, he can be annoying. Yeah, I got, I got you there. And I know there's a learning curve with that. I mean, it doesn't appear as though he's ever dated anybody else who's had any like serious health potential issues or anything like that. So I know that that could yeah. be, that could definitely be scary, but. Yeah, because normally when, when he knows people who have issues like this, he's a little bit more detached, I think, because at the end, you know, I'm not saying doctors don't care about their patients, but at the end of the day, like, they don't have to be thinking about their patients 24-7, whereas like, hey, this is an actual person in his life. So it's like, I feel like it's a little bit of a shock for him. Yeah, like everything he was saying kind of was coming from like a place of panic, it appeared anyway, so. I'm not saying that I think anything he did was coming from a bad place. I just have a feeling that this is not going to work. <laughs> right. I, I'm not, I don't think it's looking good for Ben and Jane. That's all. Uh, okay. That's my thought on that. We'll find out. Because, <laughs> like, the fact that she just said, like, why don't we just keep playing, you know? And, like, when they were playing, it was obviously, like, kind of awkward. And, like, when she tells Sutton and Kat later, it's kind of awkward you know so it just kind of seems like they're not gonna make it and do they literally do they play scrabble during every date yeah i don't know they play a lot of scrabble (laughs) scrabble's fun don't get me wrong but like i I don't know can you do that every date 
You can do whatever you want, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, who am I to define like what relationships should look like or anything like that? You know? Yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I mean, are we done talking about like the main plot lines of the episode at this point? Yeah, I would say so. I want to say though later on or could have been earlier in the episode i don't really remember at this point but we see jane at her desk writing her story about the 20-something moms and then alex comes over and you know alex is only diagonal from her and remember like jane was making such a big stake about like oh i can't talk to alex at the at my desk i'm like he's literally diagonal from you yeah yeah <laughs> I, i'm sorry i just remember that i was like she made a big deal like you know it is fun to be like near your friends in the office so like you know when you're separated it's like kind of like sad but he's diagonal for me now that's like <laughs> ah she's so bratty I, I feel like they just put him because i i feel like in the last episode because like we don't see alex at all in the previous episode we don't see him being diagonal from jane or anything like that so i feel like who knows maybe alex switched desk it just says well i would be closer to jane <laughs> yeah maybe whatever let's move on <laughs> yeah so anyway i don't want to talk about bratty jane anymore so well then i should get my best dressed out of the way <laughs> yes please because i'm picking jane <laughs> Oh, what did she wear? That was honestly, pretty... I really liked her red, sh- her, the red um button-down shirt she had with the white cherries on it. I thought it was like so freaking cute. <laughs> that was cute. I yeah. do remember that. And, and I don't Aww. know. I just I always think Jane looks nice. You know, like I just always find her to look very nice. And I've been kind of mad at her these last few weeks. So, so you're trying to cut her some slack. So I guess I'm being nice here. Yes, <laughs> I'm trying to make amends with the fictional character that is Jane. <laughs> by making her best dressed and what about wow. you who's best dressed for you um mine's a little bit different i am gonna go with pinstripe just because i love that brown leather jacket that he's wearing and i don't know just like you know his entire outfit in general just like matches with his coloring so well it just brings out his eyes i just thought he just looked gorgeous damn okay i think this is the first man i voted for this season yeah right on i'll take it, uh-huh. I'll take it. you know we're being so inclusive right here like hey men get tre- yeah <laughs> men get treated fairly it's an inclusive <laughs> podcast here okay um who was your favorite ship Ooh, this one's kind of tough for me um Honestly, it's probably going to have to be Jacqueline and Jane based on all the reasons I said before that I'm just happy to see them, their relationship essentially resurface after kind of being dormant for a season. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, mine's a little bit more shallow. Um, I just love the sex scene between Jane and Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I love a close-up of a back, okay? (laughs) We do like a good back close-up here at the Bold Talk. We, We do. All right, what was your favorite part? Uh, it's it's such a toss-up. In second place, I were to say, I love when Jacqueline came to bat for Kat and said, hey, um, Kat, it's not for sale. Damn. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with the scene we used in the cold open. I just I just loved it. Like, Sutton's comment in particular made me cry. Mm. I was like, oh, my babies. That was a really sweet situation. Oh. oh. But now I feel like I'm overlapping with my stuff, but my favorite part was... Jacqueline and Jane. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Okay. When they were talking about the article and then they end up actually talking about the issues Jane is going through. Mm. Yet again. Same thing. (laughs) That was beautiful. Um, How does this episode inspire you to live your bold type life? Hmm. I mean, honestly, I think at the end when Jane tells Ben, like, I really want you to be my 
boyfriend in this situation, I think is a good message in general to like say what you really want. Because I kind of think that sometimes I'm one of those people who's just like, oh, okay, like that's not the response I really wanted, but like, okay, fine. And I just don't say anything. So I thought it was cool that Jane spoke up. Aww. Yeah. Because closed mouths don't get fat. Exactly. That's what you always say. Thank you, Jonathan, for that advice. <laughs> I was like, I'm really surprised you haven't said that by this by I now. can't believe I haven't. I say it all the time in real life. As if I was waiting life, for it. Like... Yeah. I'm always like, closed mouths don't get fed. I say it to everybody. My God. Okay. <laughs> what about you? What part inspired you um, to live your bold type life? I'm just going to say, just uh, go along with what cat learns um you know your integrity is not for sale essentially you know so deep because <laughs> um to get a little bit deep into my personal life here um i was recently offered a job that i was considering taking and i decided not to just because the company's views did not align with my own so I was, I wouldn't say I was in a similar situation to Kat. It made it, the way I'm describing it, it makes it sound like it's very similar. But at the end of the day, like, that's what I had to do. I just had to, you know, go with my integrity and go with my gut here. And I think I'm much better for it. You are. Good for you, Jeremy. You I appreciate it. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it is true that, like, you really should stick to what you really believe in and not falter in your views for things. Don't settle. Exactly. You can follow The Bold Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Bold Talk. And if you love us, please leave us a review on iTunes. That's the easiest way to support us and help other people find us. We really need the support. Seriously, please. We we really do need the support. We're not desperate, also- but we're... We're desperate. Yeah. So. Actually, you know what? We had a review recently, and I'm going to read it because I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? If you leave us a review, maybe we'll read it on the show. The user RB Hayes 898989 wrote, Very fun podcast for fans of the bold type. The hosts are thoughtful, funny, and on point. Highly recommended if you love the bold type. Thank you, RB Hayes 898989. We really appreciate that. That was really sweet. You rock, RB. Thank you so much. <laughs> Seriously, that was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate that review. Thank you so much, whoever you are. We loved it. Otherwise, if you want to leave us a question or comment, you can always email us at theboldtalk at gmail.com. I'm Sam Saff. You can follow me on Twitter at samsaff3, or you can follow me on Instagram at sammaymarie3, that's S-A-M-M-A-Y, Marie3, and if you're lucky, I might post something this year. I loved how you, like, really struggled with, like, (laughs) remembering your animals. I know. I just have a hard time. You were like, you're like, Sam's Saf 3. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, wait, is that my Twitter or my Instagram? Because I don't use either enough to remember which one is which. Follow me on the on the twit face or the insta book. Oh my God. Or, or the face grant. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Anyway, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. That's Rodriguez with a G and a Z. Jeremy is spelled J-E-R-E-M-Y. Instagram is the same with an underscore at the end of it. We will return next week when we launch our discussion of Season 2, Episode 9, Trippin'. Till then, go unleash holy hell.